0: It's time now for the morning line here on KMA when we talk about weather Iowa at least here in KMA land remains in kind of a dry holding pattern right now. Iowa state climatologist Justin Glisson is with us with the latest weather information. Good morning to you Justin
1: good morning mike and good morning to kma land
0: good to have you back with us and it's been a while and uh, you mentioned in your latest weather summary that uh, was released this week that iowa is in generally a quiet weather pattern Uh, could you talk about what's causing some of the up and down temperatures that we've experienced uh, at least in our area over the last couple of weeks
1: sure so yes the storm track is is stuck south of us so we're we're in a quiet pattern in which we don't see a lot of systems that give us precipitation. But what is causing this fluctuation in temperatures? We have several cold fronts that have dropped through the state. Uh, So we get warm days and then those cold fronts drop through, drop the temperatures uh, for a day or two, and then we heat back up uh, with these southerly winds that have been mostly dominant in terms of direction over the last several days. Uh, So definitely variations in temperature, but a drier and quieter storm track.
0: Right now, uh, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, Looking back at October, uh, how would you describe some of the weather that we experienced, uh, say, back in October, for example?
1: Yeah, so October was an interesting month in that it was the first month since February in which we had above-average precipitation Statewide. Now, of course, southwestern Iowa was the driest part of the state. Precipitation deficits on the order of 15, 50 to 75 percent of normal. Uh, but northwestern Iowa and in parts of eastern and northeastern Iowa, precipitation totals on the order of two to three inches above average. The first measurable snowfall across northwestern Iowa, up to four inches we saw. Uh, So that was, you know, being above average the first month out of seven months of consecutive dry months was good to see. But we definitely need moving forward several more months, if not more than a year, to really put a dent in the drought that we're seeing across the state. This is the 176th week in which D1 has been somewhere across the state of Iowa.
0: In terms of drought conditions, with the precipitation we had in October, was there any improvement at all as as far as some of the really dry areas that we have in the state, say in northern and eastern Iowa, those areas? Definitely.
1: So you look at northwestern Iowa going back to the start of the drought in July of 2020. That's where we have the highest precipitation deficits, on the order of 15 to 25 inches below average over the last three and a half years. Uh, We are currently in D0 in most of northwestern Iowa, meaning abnormally dry. That's not drought; it's more reflective of 30 to 60-day precipitation deficits. And then, in fact, we've had some removal of drought conditions in far eastern Iowa, in Jackson, Clinton, and Scott counties. But we still have that existing D3 corridor, that extreme drought on on scale of D0 to D4 in eastern Iowa, definitely the driest part of the state over the last uh, 6 to 12 months. So overall, you look at coverage of drought across the state, uh, about 84 percent in that D1 to D3 category, uh, the longest drought that we've seen uh, since the 1950s.
0: Uh, A little closer to home, I know here in southwest Iowa, and that includes northwest Missouri, southeast Nebraska. We really haven't seen a lot of precipitation over the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, How would you describe some of the dry conditions we're experiencing here?
1: Yep. So if you look at degradation on the drought map this week, it's in southwestern Iowa. We had a little pocket of D0 in several counties in southwestern Iowa. Uh, We've removed that, we've downgraded it to D1, uh, which is moderate drought. Uh, So, as I mentioned earlier, the storm track has been stuck south and there's been a northerly storm track uh, southwestern Iowa, northern Missouri, and parts of Nebraska and Kansas have just been stuck in an island of dryness, and I pulled uh, National Weather Service co-op station data for Shenandoah year to date right now as of the 8th of November, nine inches below average in the top 20 driest years on record. So definitely, we've seen drought conditions and the drier conditions across the state oscillate back and forth. Southwestern Iowa has definitely been the driest part of the state uh, over the last uh, 30 to 45 days.
0: We're talking with Iowa State climatologist Justin Glisson on the morning line here on KMA. Uh, with the dryness we've had uh, and the some of the cooler temperatures, the up and down temperatures, what kind of an impact has that had from your standpoint on the harvest so far this year?
1: Yeah, great question. So soil profiles are definitely dry. We, we've had have we've had some uh, precipitation events where we've gotten some subsoil moisture topsoil basically moisture but it's been so dry that you know it doesn't keep the combine or it hadn't kept the combines out of the field for more than you know a day maybe several hours just given how dry it is so farmers definitely had a great window to get out and and get the soybean and corn out of the field Uh, and talking with our field agronomists and farmers across the state even with the dry conditions and the drought conditions that we've seen over the last three, three and a half years, yields were much better than what were expected with the conditions that we have. Uh, where I'm concerned for next growing season are the, is the subsoil moisture profiles. We definitely need to recharge over the next several weeks before we do freeze uh, through wintertime. Uh, to get some moisture in the tank for uh, next growing season. We also look at those stream flows given the precipitation deficits and the dryness that we've seen, particularly low stream flows. So those are the two hydrological features that we look at in terms of drought impacts, just given the the temporal, the time duration of this drought, 176 weeks.
0: Along those lines, we have Heard for the last several months that that, that we're going to receive, we're going to see an El Nino weather pattern arrive. Have we had any signs, any further signs of the El Nino making its way into our region?
1: El Nino is starting to rear its head. We don't really see any correlation with weather weather patterns during the summertime, given that it's more thunderstorm-driven. But we are currently in a moderate uh, to strong El Nino pattern, meaning the warmth of the sea surface temperatures in the eastern Pacific, firing thunderstorms, and those thunderstorms impact where the jet stream sets up over the United States. So we do have a 30 percent chance of this current El Nino phase being an historically strong one. And what that could mean for December, January, February, meteorological winter, definitely warmer than average temperatures. And when we see those warmer than average temperatures, we typically see less snowpack across the state and across much of the upper Midwest. But when we look back at at the last three El Nino events that we've had, 2010, 2016, and 2019, uh, 45th, 31st, and 8th wettest on record. Uh, So we have definitely seen... Over the last 10 to 15 years of El Nino events, wetter conditions going into winter coupled with those warmer temperatures. Uh, 2016 was uh, a monster El Nino, a very strong uh, warm sea surface temperature anomaly in the Pacific, uh, and we saw the ninth warmest winter on record. So if it shakes out as our uh, previous years of El Ninos in winter do, it should be warmer and uh, near normal or slightly wetter with potentially more uh, uh, rain and wintry mix as opposed to that snowfall
0: i know mike nagas said on this program that uh, he he's kind of in the minority but he's hoping for a lot of snowfall uh this winter uh, looking ahead to thanksgiving are you receiving any sort of an indication as to what we can expect thanksgiving weekend when a lot of people are going to be traveling out and about to here and there to celebrate that holiday
1: It always seems when we get to Thanksgiving or Christmas that we start to get in a more active storm track. So looking at the longer range forecast models, there is some semblance of a stronger system coming through the upper Midwest about 10 days from now. So just before Thanksgiving, nothing in the modeling right now that's suggesting an epic snowstorm or, you know, a widespread rainfall event. I would take a widespread rainfall event if we could get it. Uh, but not seeing anything that should be uh, too uh, impactful right now. Now, of course, the models can change, uh, but we are starting to get into uh, the colder and more widespread, larger-scale synoptic systems that come through. So they're typically easier to forecast, but right now we're not seeing uh, any kind of snowfall or blizzard events uh, in the modeling.
0: Well, Justin, we thank you very much for your time this morning and for the update on the the weather situation, and we will talk to you again real soon. Have a good rest of the day now.
1: Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure to be with you.
0: That's Iowa State Climatologist Justin Glisson on the morning line here on KMA.